Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Read With Us podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the final book of Pachinko, book three, and the first 10 chapters. So if you're new to this podcast, make sure to go back and listen to our other episodes from the very beginning. We are going through our one book selection, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, and breaking it down in bite-sized bits for you. as we know before we begin, a little bit of background for everybody. This winter, our library is putting on a one book, one community program. What this means is that we're trying to get our entire community to come together to read the same book, hopefully sparking conversations about identity, sacrifice, and loyalty. And of course, we want the entire family to participate, not just adults. So we have books for every age group. If you're interested in our books for the younger kids, make sure to check out that podcast specifically about the books Dear Juno by So Young Pak and Listen Slowly by Fan Hai Lei. So let's get on with it. I am, of course, Stephanie Driscoll, Creative Services Librarian for the Schomburg Library. And I have with me today, Joe Marcantonio, Teen Space Manager for the Schomburg Library. Hello, Joe. Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> So, book three! We're almost done. This book is called Pachinko, and it covers the years from 1962 to 1989. We start off again following Noah and Mozasu. Joe, can you tell us a little bit about what's happening with the boys? Sure. We of course know that Noah fled from his family after learning the identity of his real father, Hansu. He goes to Nagano, a city in Japan, where no one knows who he is, and he begins to try to pass himself off as a Japanese man instead of Korean. He ends up, surprisingly, getting himself a job in a pachinko parlor. Mozazu is now married to his girlfriend, Yumi, and they have been trying for a few years to get pregnant and finally have a son named Solomon. So, Mozazu seems to really be thriving. He is doing very well in his pachinko business and has actually ended up to be a very wealthy man. I had sort of assumed that Noah was just going to end up being the successful one with all of his schooling, so it's really interesting to learn how much the news of Hansu being his real father really took such a toll on his life. Exactly, but uh, as we find out, it's not all good news for Mozazu. A few years later, Yumi, his wife, is hit by a drunk driver and killed. Mozazu still has his son Solomon, and Sunja, his mother, comes to live with him to help out with Solomon. All right, so in all of this, where is Hansu? He always seems to usually be lurking right behind the scenes. That's right. Uh, this time, Hansu shows up at Yumi's funeral, and at this point, he hasn't seen Sunja in six years. Of course, Sunja is immediately angry to see him because she blames him for losing Noah. Mozazu still has no idea that Hansu is Noah's real father, and the reason why he doesn't speak to his family anymore, and he welcomes Hansu into his home for dinner. So it seems like every interaction with Hansu leaves Sunja feeling conflicted. On one hand, she's so incredibly angry at him, but on the other hand, even in her 50s, as she is now, she can't stop her feelings that she still has for this man from back when she was a teenager. Has she asked Hansu to try and find Noah for her? She did. She asked Hansu, and he wasn't having any luck either. And now the year is 1969, and Noah is still in Nagano, pretending to be Japanese. And he even marries a Japanese woman from his work, Risa, and they have four children together. Even with this amazing life that Noah has built for himself, there's always that underlying feeling that he'll never be good enough. It really strikes me how completely different Noah and Mazazu handle their adversity and being Korean. 
Musasu had a really hard time with it in school when the other kids would pick on him, and now he just kind of chooses to live his life and not let other people make him ashamed of who he is. But then on the other hand, Noah seems completely consumed by trying to be seen as Japanese, even to his wife and his family. He can never truly be happy because he has such a big secret weighing him down. Right. Noah's unhappiness is something that he will never be able to come out of. The book moves on to the year 1978, and Hansu has finally located Noah in Nagano and takes Sunja to go see him. It's been 16 years since she's seen her son, but when the car pulls up to him, she immediately jumps out and gives him a hug. Noah is glad to see her, but still refuses to go home to see his family. When she asks if being Korean is really that terrible, he replies, it's terrible to me. That night after Sunjo leaves, Noah is terrified that now his mother has found him, his true identity will come out, and he ends up committing suicide. Wow, so this is such a heartbreaking scene. Sunja has been trying for 16 years to find her son, and when she finally does, she has to lose him all over again. Yeah, she is absolutely devastated and returns home to Mozazu, who can't believe the news. Mozazu is now dating Atsuko, a 42-year-old divorcee, and he wants to marry her, but she's not sure that she wants to go down that path again. Atsuko is estranged from her children, but gets a call from her 15-year-old daughter, Hana, who tells her that she is pregnant. Hana decides not to keep the baby and to come live with Atsuko. During that time, uh, she develops a relationship with Solomon, Mozazu's son, who falls in love with the pretty older girl. All right, so that brings us to the end of chapter 10. We covered a lot of ground in this podcast, and there was a lot of sadness. Mozazu lost his wife, Yumi, and had to raise Solomon with the help of his mother, Sunja. And, of course, the family also lost Noah because the burdens of where he came from and his family lineage was too much for him to bear. Join us for our next podcast as we wrap up our one book selection, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. See you next time.